Thanks, Tim. I appreciate that. Thanks for leading us. Uh, as he said, my name is Paul. And we are the Rutherfords. And thanks for letting us share tonight. Kelly's going to start us off. I grew up in church, heard the gospel at an early age, and started a relationship with Christ. I was an immature Christian for many years with minimal discipleship. My parents' divorce rocked my security, so I sought out acceptance in relationships with friends, boys, and a same-sex relationship in college. The guilt and shame from that relationship held me prisoner. And years later, I hesitantly shared the scary part of my story with a friend and held my breath for fear that she'd reject me for my sin. And I'll never forget the first words out of her mouth. She said, Kelly, that's what Jesus died for. It's nailed to the cross. And instantly, God removed my heavy burden of guilt and shame and replaced it with love and forgiveness. I was free for the first time in my life I understood grace. And I love the wonderful promise in the book of James, when you confess your sins to one another and pray together, you will be healed. I confessed and I was healed. I continued walking in community with other believers, knowing that isolation leads to death and darkness. God lovingly provided a godly woman to disciple me. And for the first time I saw how a godly marriage works. I realized if I wanted a God-centered marriage, I needed to become a God-centered woman. My struggles continued, but this time I rejected the lie that hiding my sin was better than being fully known and loved. I decided to work on my issues at a Christ-centered recovery program, and I realized for the first time that God does not reject me for my sin, and today I know I'm accepted by God and unconditionally loved by Him. So in the spring of 2008, I had just finished college, I'd begun my first job, and I was living and working abroad. <clears throat> I was living the single life. I was loving it. Uh, one night, however, I came home from a good day of work. I was feeling good. Um, I finished up work early for the day. I found myself with some spare time in the afternoon. Fast forward to the end of that night. I went to bed afraid and feeling remorse and regret. You see, I had spent those few precious spare hours that I'd had that spring evening looking at pornography. I had come to an important realization that night um, that I, f uh, the important realization was that I felt fine when I had come home and I had no reason to look at porn. I wasn't escaping or medicating. Um, in fact, I really didn't even want to look at porn that night. Um, and yet I did. I realized that night that I had a problem. This pet sin that I had kept in the dark in the closet had come out. And I realized that my porn use was beginning to dictate my life. I was out of control, and I had a problem. Uh, that was the year that I gave up the strategy of trying harder. That's when I changed it to realizing I need help. So I began looking for recovery. Now, I grew up in church, uh, and I knew that looking at porn was wrong. I have two godly parents uh, who provided wonderful foundation for my life. They are sincere believers in Christ. They've been married for over 40 years, and they modeled for me mutual service in marriage and what it means to follow Christ and continue to do, to do so today. I'm grateful to my parents. They did a great job. Um, but when I left home from high school to study at college, uh, I was a believer. And through the course of my studies and life experiences there in college, I deliberately renounced my faith, became an outspoken agnostic, which is to say I didn't know whether or not there was a God. And right before graduation, I came to Christ through a book and a girlfriend 
However, the poor handling of the relationship with that girlfriend left me broken, in pain, and seeking approval from women. I started attending Watermark in 2008 and jumped into a community group of friends right off the bat. I met Paul at a New Year's Eve party on the dance floor. He was so fun <laughs> and a goofy dancer like I was. It's my one move. <clears throat> um, not true. He has more. I ran into him at the porch, young adult ministry, and um, I, got, I distracted myself. Sunday night service and serving together on Friday night at Regen when they had it on Friday. Um, I sang worship, and he mixed my vocals at the sound booth. I began developing feelings for him. However, I didn't consider him a prospect for dating, not at first. Um, he wasn't taller than me or at least my same height, but as I got to know him, I was intrigued. Later that year, he asked me out, and I said yes. On our first date, Paul made his intentions clear. He wanted to pursue a relationship. I was so impressed that I was open to his pursuit. We dated, went through premarital class, and quickly fell for each other. We dated 10 months, and enga engagement lasted three and a half months. That's our engagement shot. So I, <laughs> I came to Watermark on the referral of a friend. Um, I had recently moved to Dallas and was looking for church and recovery, like I just mentioned. And at Water Watermark, I found both. Bonus. Loved that. So I joined a community group. I jumped into recovery. Things were going well for me. By the last day of 2008, I went to a party with my community group to have fun, not to meet women, but boy, am I glad that I went because that's when I met Kelly. <laughs> we became friends um, quickly and began hanging out in groups, mostly to go sing karaoke. <laughs> Asian karaoke is my favorite. <laughs> She's a quite a good singer, uh, and I find that attractive. <clears throat> Now, I consider myself a disciple of Joshua Harris, who famously kissed dating goodbye. So I was doing my best not to pursue a relationship with Kelly. However, by the end of 2009, I couldn't stand it anymore. I had to date this girl, so I asked her to coffee, and that went well. We dated through 2010, processing with community the marriage decision, and I was honest with her about my addiction, and our relationship deepened. In August 2010, I proposed, which the photo you saw, uh, in front of her community group and mine, which was awesome. And that was a blast. And then by the end of that year, 2010, December, we got married. And I think we have a wedding photo too. Yep. Uh, although our first two years married, I was not entirely free from walking in sin. I'm looking at porn. Uh, but I did repent, I did confess, and I was honest um, with her and with my community group about it. So I consider those first two years of our marriage generally victorious by the grace of God. The couple who counseled us two-on-two two before we got married had experience struggling against pornography. It was a huge blessing for them to speak into our lives before marriage. Unfortunately for us, they moved away shortly after we wed. Our first married small group had great curriculum, but we struggled to feel connected with the other couples in our group. We felt isolated and unknown. Paul was in recovery but stumbling every few months, and I was discouraged. I tried to manipulate his purity by obsessing over his internet access and questioning how he spent time at work. His sin and victory over it consumed my thoughts, my prayer life, and affected my own walk with the Lord. I felt as though I'd become the worst version of myself. I begged God, when will he have victory over this life-sucking addiction? We met with our small group leaders, and I cried out for help, and that was a turning point for me. I learned that I cannot be the Holy Spirit for Paul. I cannot be his savior. 
and that means I'm not Paul's per- personal porn police. His growth is between him and God, and I needed to trust God that he wanted to heal him. God helped me deal with painful emotions instead of numbing the pain and becoming depressed. A year and a half later, that small group disbanded, so we joined another group in 2012, right before our son Everett was born. I connected well with the ladies, but Paul struggled to connect with the guys. We committed to the group knowing that we'd grow closer over time. Our sex life was healthy, and we were actively pursuing community. We loved being parents, and raising Everett was a joy. Paul hadn't confessed in over a year, and I praised God and celebrated with Paul his sobriety. However, the truth was that I was in relapse. And in 2013, I was regularly acting out looking at internet pornography. Uh, So while Kelly thought I was sober for over a year because I hadn't confessed, I was really in relapse. I trusted the dark to conceal my sin, and I languished in isolation. Psalm 32 says, For when I keep silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Through recovery, I had learned that pornography was not my problem. Pornography was a symptom. It was a manifestation of a cause, and porn was the effect. The cause, I would discover, was codependency, or people-pleasing. That is, I would have confessed with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, but my actions belied that confession. Reflecting on my actions revealed that my faith lay in the perceptions of others. I needed to be liked, and I need to be respected. In 2014, our daughter was born. I have another fun photo for that one. Um... And that was a pivotal year for me in my recovery. In August, I read a book that showed me that my real struggle was pride, specifically self-righteousness, and it convicted me. I learned that I torture myself emotionally when I don't measure up, Um, and the author explained to me that my standards, my standards, are not God's standards. The beauty of the gospel is that God loves me in spite of my sin. When I realized this, my heart sank. Conviction broke me. I went home early from work, and I told Kelly that we had to talk. I confessed to her about my relapse, telling her everything, very slowly. Self-righteousness, you see, hates humility. As the Spirit led me to confess, I opened my mouth, and seriously, it felt like I had marbles and molasses in there. Um, It was so hard. Kelly, however, responded with grace, and she forgave me mercifully. She suggested that we attend Reengage, and I agreed. We left town that weekend for a little getaway, and then that following Wednesday, we started Reengage. When Paul confessed, I was shocked and hurt. He confessed that he'd lied to me in our community group about his sobriety. He asked for my forgiveness, and with a, with a repentant heart and a humble demeanor, by the Spirit, I was able to quickly forgive him and extend grace. Uh, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Colossians three, thirteen. The night of Paul's confession, I searched the Reengage website looking for encouragement, and God provided it through the Nixon story, which was very similar. Uh, I met up with his wife, um, Ryan's wife, who was a tremendous source of encouragement to me. I walked into Reengage thinking my marriage was a seven out of ten, only to discover we weren't being real or genuinely pursuing oneness. I learned that we'd been coasting and accepting mediocrity as a new normal. And through re-engage, God has answered my prayer to connect me with other women whose husbands have a similar struggle. So our first night of re-engage and closed group was really exciting. We hit it off with our group immediately. Um, I walked out of our first meeting looking forward to getting know, to getting to know our group. I learned a lot about going back to the basics of marriage. Um, in fact, that's one of the first lessons that I remember learning. 
um, was going back to what you do when you're dating, replicating some of those same behaviors. Uh, and that helped restore trust between me and Kelly. However, for all the benefit of reengage, within a few months of being in group, I relapsed again. I could not bring myself to tell our closed group, and we had just joined a new community group. I couldn't bear myself to tell them either. At least that's the lie that I told myself. So I hid my relapse from all of them and Kelly. We finished re-engaged in the spring of 2015, and I was still in relapse, still in sin. Things were going well with our new community group, but the Spirit just wore me out with conviction that summer. So last fall, I confessed to Kelly and to my community group and re-engaged leadership about my relapse. And Kelly, again, responded graciously. It was hard for her, I could tell, but she chose to love me instead of withdrawing or lashing back at me. My community group responded in kind. They made it clear to me that my actions were not acceptable and that my actions had come at a high cost to them, to Kelly, and foremost to God. I'm grateful to God for them and the biblical counsel that they offer, even when it's hard to hear. It's true. This time it was harder um, to respond with grace and forgiveness. Had nothing changed. A year later, we're back in the same place again. These are some of the things I was thinking. And in learning to draw the circle around myself, uh, I confess um, I'm easily angered when Paul makes a mistake or sins against me. Am I expecting perfection? Are my expectations unreasonable, unreachable? Will he give up with discouragement? Um, with the help of the Spirit, I'm voicing my anger with XYZ statements and choosing to pray for him as soon as I submit to the Lord. Uh, I have so much pride in my own heart toward him. I feel wronged over and over. Uh, Jesus tells me to fix my eyes on the Father. Jesus tells me to forgive every time Paul repents and asks for my forgiveness. And it's so hard. I get so angry. Uh, so watch yourself. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then, if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks forgiveness, you must forgive. And that's Jesus speaking in Luke 17, 3 and 4. I'm hardening my heart each time I give way to anger and resentment. My desires wage war within me. I cannot control my desires alone. I need the Spirit's self-control. I need the Word to teach me how to forgive every time. It's hard. I'm in self-protection mode, which is not a gracious, compassionate mode. I need a heart change, and I cannot love Paul well with a raging heart. I need the purifier to cleanse me of my rage and anger. I need the living water to moisten the hard places of my heart. I need a potter to reshape my cracking heart. My pride wants to win and protect, but the spirit wants to soften and cleanse. By God's grace, uh, I celebrate one year of sobriety as of last week from porn and masturbation. I sit before you tonight a broken man with a flawed marriage, and my only advice to you is going to come from God's word. So these next four points I want to share from you are true, and you can rely on them because they're from God's word. Genesis 2 says that God made you, and God knows you. Mark 10.9 says that God married you, and so he wants you to stay married. Uh, Ephesians 2, we know that God knows that you're a sinner and that without Christ, you have no hope in the world. And then Romans 10 tells us that by confessing Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved and you can have hope for your marriage too. So in this vein, I choose God's word to be my final word to you tonight. So that's going to come from Hebrews 12. <clears throat> Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, 
And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. There's a battle in the Rutherford home between the desires of the flesh and the spirit that dwell within us. There's also a battle between the enemy and the victorious conqueror, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of power. It's so hard for me to recognize the devil's handiwork when I'm so angry. In those moments, I just see red. I'm thankful for the spirit's work, the word's power, and for Jesus's life. And God is teaching me how to forgive. Thankfully, I'm not alone. I always have a helper with me and praise the Lord that he forgives. I think we have a current photo. I don't know if you saw that one. That one should be up there too. Okay. <clears throat> um, and this was back in November, the first time that I, you know, kind of confessed all my anger, but it says um, that at that time I read um, the second letter to the Corinthians which admonished me, and it said, Now, however, it is time to forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. So I urge you now to reaffirm your love for him. I'm just so glad I'm not there anymore. Um, I desire to be comforter to my husband, and I want to reaffirm my love for him and God's. So thank you for letting us share. Thanks. Paul and Kelly, thank you so much. Um, you know, and the beauty of of who our God is is that he, he takes our brokenness, and even when brokenness happens again and again, he says, I'm, I'm going to restore that if you allow me to. And, and Paul and Kelly serve a God who, who restores that brokenness, and I want you to know that we serve a God who restores that brokenness. And, and what he's waiting for is each one of us in the midst of our own brokenness, in the midst of our own choices, to be willing to trust him and walk with him and allow him to restore us. And uh, I appreciate y'all sharing. And, and as I think about, you know, just that story, and for all of us here, like, I think sometimes we can kind of get hooked onto this idea or this sin or this choice of pornography or the affair or the addiction and just fill in, you know, fill in your sin struggle. And, and as you're thinking through for yourself, okay, what is it that I'm choosing to find life apart from Jesus Christ? Where am I trying to find hope and satisfaction and joy apart from my spouse? Where am I trying to look for something that, that God is, is pointing us in a different direction? And, and that, um, that, that removes you from the intimacy that God wants for you with him and that God wants for you with your spouse. And then at the same time, I think for, for Kelly and in her side of the story, as you look at the sin in your spouse and the ways that they've wounded you, maybe once in a major way or maybe over and over again in, in smaller ways or different ways, 
um, is that that choice to forgive, not only is, is it a part of that reconciliation for, for you and your spouse, but the one who normally benefits the most in the midst of forgiveness is the one who's extending it is the one who's kind of saying, all right, I, I am going to, even in the midst of all this pain and all this hurt and, and the deception and the lies, I'm going to release the opportunity to pay you back. And, uh, and, and the thing that God wants for each one of us is whether, whether you're trying to find life in something else or whether you're holding on to this idea of I can't believe he or she did this to me again is he's wanting you both to experience freedom. He's wanting you both to just to be able to say, hey, like there is hope because of the gospel. There is hope because of the empty tomb that Christ died for all of it. He, he died for the addiction and he died for the unforgiveness and the bitterness. And he's saying, hey, I'm doing this to set you free. So therefore, no longer put yourself under the yoke of slavery. And so my name, my name is Ryan Nixon, and I, I am a broken individual who continues to try to find life somewhere else apart from Christ and apart from, you know, the, um, the things that he's given me. And it's, it's by God's grace alone that I, that I walk in, in freedom, um, not from sinning again, but I just walk in freedom um, of understanding that God fully knows me and he loves me. And, and just like that kind of is where intimacy comes from, I, the biggest thing that God wants for you and your relationship and your marriage is that you would be fully known by your spouse, accepted and loved. And so uh, just, just say welcome to re-engage.